For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt podcast. So you sit here and you try to get yourself into the groove, watching the uh, movie A Christmas Story hundreds of times, right. going through every recorded DVD of the Nutcracker ever made. Right, right. Trying to, trying to get myself into the spirit. It's very, very, very difficult to do. But you had, uh, let, let's start here. Oh, yeah. A, a congressman in New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, Jack Cinderelli. Jack Cinderelli. About this. I'm going to leave it to you to read this now. He, we're talking about parodies now. Uh, there are many, many uh, very popular parodies of Christmas carols. And, and this, this one's cute. And this is done by a New Jersey political figure. Yep, Jack Chitterelli, he is a Republican candidate for governor for next year, so he's taken every shot possible on his emails and his social platforms. So um, here's what they're running, the uh, Chitterelli campaign, running the 12 days of Christmas here in New Jersey. Um, so they're on the ninth day right now, and uh, this is what King Murphy brings to us. On the ninth day of Christmas, King Murphy brings to us nine votes by mail ballot, Eight police a sharing, uh, 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 eight police a shaming, uh, six more families leaving, five villains <laughs> walking free, four billion borrowed, three bloated budgets, two and? credit downgrades, and one and done in 2021. Is that the election? It's, ne- it's next year. Next year. Well, it's coming here. 2021, the governor has to stand for re-election. Last year. Yes, indeed. And uh, yeah, lots going to go. Lots going to go on this next year. Um, and you know, talk about the election while we're at, while we're talking about Murphy for a second. You know, congratulations to Governor Murphy for standing up to the uh, multi-state initiative to uh, put a, a new environmental uh, regulations in place, which would add seventeen cents a gallon increase to our gas. The governor uh, uh, vetoed that, so we're not going to be part of that. So thank goodness. Another 17 cents per gallon is not going to be added to our cost. But there again, you got to ask yourself, did he do it because he wanted to or because he's up for election next year? Got to ask well, yourself. I thought that there was a move now in New Jersey to add the gas tax here on our own, uh, separate from right. any combined effort of a group of states. So right. we may end up hit with a bigger oh, increase. We're definitely get hit next year because obviously people's consumption is down because of the pandemic. And uh, that was the rule that uh, uh, when this uh, gas tax went in several years ago, that the the legislature has the ability to raise it on an annual basis, depending on need and consumption levels and things. So we'll see what happens. But there you go. Uh, If you want to follow Jack Cittarelli, you can follow his uh, the next three days. I think it wraps up on Christmas Day. Well, I can't wait to find out what the 12th day of Christmas is for well, uh, you know, shame on us, this business, that they, they can raise the tax uh, if, uh, on the gasoline if the Transportation Trust Fund, which is funded by that, comes in low. Well, they're always going to come in low because they rate it constantly. It's a good uh, cash cow for politicians right. to uh, set up programs that get them votes. 
So uh, the, the, the governor, I don't know why he would be concerned at all about getting reelected as long as he doesn't turn Republican. Right. I mean, you're living in a state right now. I, I've said before, I know it's an exaggeration, but maybe not so much that this governor could come out and say, I'm going to sell all your firstborn children to white slavers in Memphis. And we're going to take away everybody's income, close down businesses, all these crazy things. And uh, he's still gay, but he, but he would say, oh, but remember, I'm the Democrat. Yeah, right. And still, and still get away with it. You, uh, you made, get, get back to the parodies now. You and your boys, a number of Christmases ago, made one of the best Christmas song parodies I've ever heard there's ever made. And it, it's such a, almost said a bad word here, a, 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 a doggone shame that you can't play it because of what, technical, legal? License and copywriting laws and things like yeah. that. But um, you're, you're referring to Holiday Man. Holiday and, Man. Uh, Gosh, I wish we could do that because it was a beautiful satire on what's going on with Christmas and the rather sad state that the true Christmas stories have fallen into with this right. uh, commercialism on steroids that goes on with the season. Right. Uh, so uh, I guess the season's a mixed bag. Now, if you've got little kids around, everything's beautiful. Everything's fine. And short of that, and, and may, maybe this will not be this way this year because people can't get together. But the great tradition is for families to get together and all of a sudden at some point a fight breaks out. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not only decking the halls, you're decking Uncle Phil over here. They, uh, I, I gotta do this. I, at least I gotta give mention to this. And there are people who will remember this. One of the great comic strips of all time was Pogo the Possum, written back in the fifties by a uh, a genius named Walt Kelly. It would be today you could compare Pogo more with uh, Doomsbury. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Berkeley Breathitt's cartoons, the Gary Larson cartoons. It was largely satire, but brilliantly done as a group of animals living in a swamp. And they were attuned to current figures. For example, there was Wiley Wildcat. His face was Senator Joseph McCarthy. <laughs> and on and on. But I remember, and again, it's, it's, a, it's one of the, the beautiful childhood memories. Because in the day, when I was a kid, a young kid, we did not have television. We didn't have video games. And we only had, what, a couple of radio stations available. So we entertained ourselves with, uh, well, well, the comic strip was a big thing. And we would discuss on, on Sunday, we had to discuss the, the, the morning funnies, you know, the Cats and Jammer kids, Popeye, and uh, uh, all of But uh, one of the great pleasures was that sometimes you'd sleep out at night, you get a tent put up and you get a bunch of the kids around. And uh, we would, get the pogo possum strip out and almost play parts with that but uh, and, and things will stick with you i still got uh, albert alligator doing the uh, jabberwocky i still will never forget that i can do that even the dance he did in the comic strip and i thought okay here we go this was a classic in its day and a lot of people still remember this because you still can find this online it always pops up and this was the parody deck us all with boston charlie Walla Walla Wash and Kalamazoo, Nora's freezing on the trolley, Swallow Dollar Cauliflower Alligaroo. <laughs> Don't we know our keg barrel 
Lullaby, lullaby, Louisville Lou. Hunky Dory's pup is jolly. Uh, gagging on the wagon. Okay, but you get the point. <laughs> and we would all sing things like that. You'd sing along with it, big sing-alongs. And another one that I don't remember uh, that much of was uh, the parody on Good King Wenceslas. Good King Sauerkraut looked down on his feet uneven while his toes he counted out nine and ten and eleven. <laughs> so, yeah. I know, there are certain things that go back to your, your, no matter how old you get, that go back that make you laugh. You get, it's, it's just triggered by little things like that. And that was one of the ones that every time I think of that, I can break out in the laugh. So, uh, You've been in radio. You've, been, you've had a radio career over what six decades? I mean, yes, I wish 60, I've had sixty-three years. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I would just love to have been, you know, on your crew back in the day when you were just like doing all these parodies before, uh, you know, back in the sixties and seventies when you were on all those different markets. You must have had a blast, you know, coming up with this because you were one of the originators. People weren't weren't doing that before you got on the air. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that will be kindly remembered or not. Yeah, but I, I was given credit for inventing what do they call it—the morning zoo thing. <laughs> That's yeah, you know, like you know Howard Stern did, you right. know, with, with the, the cast of characters yes. around. Right. Well, yeah. I always looked around and I saw, oh, all these other people. I'm sitting here doing all the cutting up and having the fun, but you've got the engineers, you've got the phone answerers, you've got all of these people, the news people, and all. And they like to participate, too. So I'd bring them all in and they get characters. Uncle yeah. Floyd did that, really, with the camera crew. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, and, uh, and we did that with radio back in the old days. So, so uh, the, uh, I, the, I, I wanted today, because of the season, I said, OK, we're going to do positive things and uh, uplifting and uh I couldn't, I didn't have much, and I searched my brain for uplifting things, and I find <laughs> out that I've sort of crowded that out right now. Yeah. Uh, and, and people will ask, I, I talked about uh, entering my 90th year. People, for some reason, there is an association of age with wisdom. You're supposed to have learned something that other people didn't. It ain't true. And somebody comes up and says, well, you've lived this 90 years. What wisdom do you have to impart? Absolutely none. Unless this is wisdom by saying there ain't no wisdom. Nobody. We're, we're riding a rock through space mm -hmm. altogether. Nobody knows where it's going, where it came from with any certainty. So what can you know? You only know what somebody told you or what you read or what you heard on the radio or saw on the television. Right. And so th this is, uh, don't believe that. And uh, just be very careful. <laughs> When somebody comes along, there was a, uh, a a notable Zen master one time who said something I thought was possibly profound. He said, when anybody comes along and tells you that they know what life is about, what's, uh, what is life, what is the purpose of life? I said, so that person is suffering from a serious mental disease. Right. <laughs> and so you, 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 you got to watch who you listen to there. Yeah. Um, the uh, getting to uh, things that are current, I guess one of the big things now that, and there's so much that goes on that's so galling, it's very difficult to take it with this, you know, calmly. And that's this, uh, what do they call it, the, the incentive or the relief packages now? 
the stimulus relief, the COVID stimulus relief. This is just you imagine they're going to give six hundred dollars, maybe. Right. Probably they want to tax it later too. Probably six hundred dollars to people who are hurting and people who are in dire straits. They're in very, very bad shape. They're in very big need. $600 nowadays, regardless of what they tell you about inflation, $600 doesn't go very far. Yeah, it's two but trips it, to the store. But, but but the total bailout is billions of dollars or trillion, whatever almost, they're- almost a, almost a trillion, Jim, almost a almost trillion. trillion. Where's that money going? Most of it is going to, to a million, and by the millions, it's going to people with connections. Right, and the foreign countries, I think Ukraine and a couple of other foreign countries are in yeah. for uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. This is just uh, disgusting. What does that have to do with COVID relief? I mean, these restaurants, these businesses, Jim, people, individuals, they're just fall, they're just dying. We're just dying on the vine here. And you can only, like you said, only give $600? Come on. Well, it's a good chance to pay off campaign debts. It's a good chance to pay people who supported you to, to get further support from people to sort of buy them. Uh, I had read a story that the, uh, what is this young twit congresswoman? AOC? No, 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 another one. Anyway, one of the others. His husband, and these are young people, uh, and their job is Congress, which pays, what, 125000 a year or something. Yeah. Her husband, her husband got millions out of the last bailout. Right. Yeah. Why? I have no idea, but, but it was very easy to do. We had these universities. What is it, Harvard, who has billions upon billions of dollars, uh, you know, in reserve sitting on top of? And and they ended up getting six million dollars for it, but but you know it's it's so disgusting, and I you get the idea that they want to keep the people in need because this keeps your your thumb down on top of them and their activities and what they do. Yeah, and so, uh, back to these businesses for a second. Remember back in the in the uh, in the spring, the last time this uh, thing went around, they offered. Uh, uh, low cost loans or whatever forgiveness loans. If you kept your, if you took the loan, the business took the loan, and they kept their payrolls intact, and they kept people employed, as opposed to having to furlough them or, or you know, lay them off or whatever. So these businesses were told that they can get these loans, and that they'll get them paid off or forgiven back, you know, in July or August when this thing died down. Well, there was there was no dying down. These businesses just kept getting further and further in the hole, and you know some of them just are just not coming back at all. Where's the relief for these people? I'm hearing, you know, you got to read this bill because it's going to take at least five days just to sort through the stack of. Uh, what, do you mean, what do you mean, read that bill? That bill was how many pages? I know you need at least it's incredible, and they gave them five hours to read it, or, or four hours, or something like that to read it. But how, in a sense, nobody read it. No, how can any legislator? Read the thing with you're going to need a staff of five people plus yourself just to comb it over for five days, 5,000 pages or whatever it is to really even understand it. And if they can't understand it and they're voting yes or whatever for it, what's that say? I mean, and and we as the, the lay people in this country, we're just being, you know, told what we're told unless we're going to sit down and read the thing you know, from beginning to end. That chance. Yeah. <laughs> Who can afford to buy a copy of it? That's right. Absolutely. It's a couple of paper there. God. Yeah. I had, uh, I mentioned something last week. It was pure notion that popped into my head. And then I heard a story this week that said that was prophetic. 
uh, there is one story that it actually happened. And that was, I was musing on one of when the courts, the uh, circuit courts, the federal courts, and the U.S. Supreme Court had all turned down attempts by the Republicans right. to uh, look into some of these, well, questionable matters regarding the election. And I said, what if the Supreme Court turned this down, not because of the merit of the case, but what if they said, OK, look, suppose these people are right and we have to overturn the election. What's that make us look like? Because all hell is going to break loose in the country. We already have the uh, the, the berserkers, the, the Democrat goon squads, right. Soros's people out there. They were all armed and ready to tear down the country if the election didn't go their way uh, back in November. So they're still mobilized. They're still there. Now, I read a story. Uh, again, this is a story. You read all kind of stuff now that somebody uh, in the employee of the Supreme Court in the building, or I guess they're meeting often digitally now, was somebody heard because it was so loud. This person says that they heard the chief justice of the United States Supreme Court yelling at the other members of the court who apparently wanted to hear the case. And he's yelling at them, saying, do you want to be the people who set this country on fire if we do that, if we overturn that? And said uh, that, do you want to be the people who, who uh, presided over the crisis by doing the right thing? Now, that was supposed to have been said. So there must have been some sentiment to hear this case. And the Supreme Court, if this story is true, if it's true, they had had the same notion that I had that maybe they considered. And, and there's something to this. This is not without merit. That the greater good of the country was in denying this and pretending that none of this happened. Because at least you do not have this total chaos, which, if it happened, is going to be so bad right. that mind you, the military is going to have to be called in. There's no way to get around that. Right. This is going to be civil war because at some point, even the other side is going to say enough and start fighting back. Right. You can't just have these, 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 these radical bullies beating people and pushing and intimidating people. And, and and nobody pushes back, which is going on pretty much right now. Right. Uh, the people who push back are being disgraced by the media right. and shamed. But anyway, it, it was a thought. I don't know if it happened or not, but I can see it happening. Because I think if I were given that choice, that would be a, a thought that would come through my mind. Mm. Because well, as soon as we say, okay, we're going to put a hold on the election, all hell is going to break loose. There's going to be just total chaos in the country. But you you got things going now. That uh, the uh, I was reading a story about one of the election officials, and th this is going on all over the place. This this, this this spirit, anyway. One of the election officials in uh, in Detroit or in Michigan, and this again was a story that's out there. I wasn't there, but the two of the electoral uh, officials in charge of certifying the ballot in Detroit, two of them had voted against certifying it. You know, this is going back so. Right. And what happened is they had to be whisked into seclusion, hiding, because they were being threatened. And, and terrible things were being said. Even in pulpits in churches, they were invoking, begging God to condemn them to hell, to kill them and viciously, you know, I guess, 
like under the way the their, their antecedents in the Inquisition did to people who didn't play the game. And it was, it was a terrible situation. Now, the reason was they declared that these two people, by saying, the way, we want to wait and study this a little bit more because there are some inklings of maybe there were improprieties and we want to sort this out, which was reasonable. The, the rap on them was that that is racist beyond words, beyond toleration, because it implies that in a city which the large population is, is minority, is black, that somehow some kind of crime could happen in that city. That this is a this is this is a purposeful racist blot just claiming that an irregularity could happen among people of that particular ethnic group. While in Chicago, people in that ethnic group are slaughtering each other. You know, every look look at the stories that come out every week, and nobody's noticing that. So, I mean, that's just one example of what's going on here. People are becoming so, we're becoming so balkanized. Oh, absolutely. This identity politics thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're so balkanized right now. Now, you get all of these groups that the politicians, in order to get votes, to corral them into little corrals that they can dominate, they have, we have become so many of them, and each one is competing against the others to get the biggest share of the spoils. You know, comes the revolution. And so they're fighting even among themselves now for precedent. You got in uh, in Los Angeles, or in California rather, uh, the uh, the governor of California has to appoint a successor to co-president Harris, right? You know because she was a United States senator. Right. So the governor gets to appoint a replacement. Now there's a big fight because the president elect wants to appoint a person who is uh, Hispanic. The, the governor wants to appoint a, a, a person with Hispanic ancestry. I don't know how far back, could go back to the flood, but anyway. And so the other minorities are yelling about that's, that's uh, unfair, that yeah. we should have, our person should have it. I saw one story that, uh, and th- this is not related to that particularly, in which a person of, uh, what is it, South Sea ancestry was totally incensed in yelling that there's no South Sea member of the cabinet. Mm. And, and I guess there's no Eskimo either, you know, a, a loot. So, I mean, we're getting into that kind of polarization now, which yeah. means that all of these groups now who supported this uh, this progressive takeover are going to want to be tall hogs at the trough. Right. And they want to get the lion's share of the spoils and the lion's share of the revenge, which many of them are after, plainly and simply. And so this is a total breakdown. And I, I wonder here, you, you've got these accusations of foreign uh, intrusion into the electoral process. We had four years of the Russians, the big bad wolf, the Russians were the ones behind everything. Now we go into four years with the Chinese behind everything. Where are we? <laughs> Next thing you'll know, they'll say West Virginia's tampering with it. So we're at their mercy. So, uh, it, the, the whole thing is just so completely, totally out of hand. Right. And, I just, and but this I, balkanization, is, in effect, could be the end of the country right now. The, the so-called identity politics. You'd pay no attention to reason. When the president announced the members of the cabinet and told how you're going to have all this diversity, not once, not one line was about the competence of any of these people. Right. Our ability. It was all about the color. This uh, here we are. OK, I, I got I, I was going to run down the hall real quick and pour cold water on myself. Oh, that's fine. 
That's fine. We weren't good. We weren't good. Oh, I, I got one more. I, I'm sorry. You go ahead. Your turn. Your turn. I was going to say about um, the vaccines are out, um, getting around. I'm just a little bit disappointed here in New Jersey. Um, I don't know if you heard, New Jersey missed a major deadline to uh, to have enough vaccine on hand to have uh, the vaccines distributed to anybody in nursing homes or elderly elder care facilities. That's just inexcusable. It's like, how can that's the only thing the state had to worry about was to get enough vaccine initially to get the most vulnerable people vaccinated. It's like this might be, but this could end up being a blessing for people and a blessing for the governor if it turns out that there are some very bad reactions to this vaccine. And he will be a hero. You'll look into it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll fall into the pit of roses there. Right. By, by with, oh, I, I don't know. I, I have so many mixed thoughts about that. Right now, my inclination is to not get it unless I'm forced to. Right. They'll have to hold me down kicking and streaming. But, and not really because of any knowledge I have, but simply by the fact that, look, the president-elect has said that next year is going to be worse than this one with the virus. Right. And so you assume there's going to be more lockdowns, maybe even more stringent some of which are asinine, silly, like in New York. They said that you cannot dine inside a restaurant. You can dine outside, but you can't go in to pee. Right. That's, I mean, that means that, means that <laughs> if you want to find out where to dine in New York, you walk around on the street and you look down alleys, and if you see some yellow snow, you follow the trail back right. to uh, where people are seated. Uh, so, uh, well, this, uh, well, I think... I, I don't think we're going to see, uh, Dan Alexander was telling me earlier, we don't think we're going to see much change in the uh, in the rules with indoor dining. We still have limited indoor dining here in the state until like January 4th, which is when Pennsylvania is due to make changes into their ruling, which obviously they've uh, outlawed all of they've uh, made that illegal. Um, uh, the biggest, biggest uh, recommendation I can make to anybody this week, if you're looking for a last minute gift idea, or even if you're not, Buy a gift certificate for your for your favorite restaurant for yourself, or or give it as a gift this week. You know, hundred dollars, hundred dollars. I mean, at least these restaurants will be able to put that money on the books for December, and at least it'll give them a fighting chance to, you know, mm. at least uh, get something on the books. You can always redeem it at a later date. You know, two three hundred dollars that goes a long way. You know, and everybody everybody does that. It can certainly help your go to place. That's what That's I've done. That's that's good. I like that idea. We had uh, the president, uh, our the current president, Donald Trump, had uh, issued some pardons. And that's interesting. The uh, Democratic response to that. Yeah. Uh, he pardoned people who were often victims of questionable justice, like some of these military people who, in the spirit of a war, did something that was a little out of touch with uh, mismanners rules, which you have nowadays. And also people who were involved in this idiotic Russian thing. But there are people who had who had been convicted and some imprisoned for very questionable reasons. Now, again, this this uh, this psychopath, Adam Schiff, the pathological liar, the, Cali uh, the California congressman who swore that he had proof of Russian collusion, but never would share it with anybody. Big lie. Uh, he is claiming now that that is that those uh, pardons are a an abuse of power. Now, before the Clintons went out, the Clintons pardoned a whole bunch of people, largely based on how much money they gave the Clintons. Oh yeah, out the door. Yeah, that's but that's okay. That's that's the way it should be, according to the the uh, the the radicals here. That's the way it should be. 
you should <laughs> the the pardons presidential pardon should be based on bribery not on justice and my golly that's the way we're gonna have oh I, i've got to do one thing sure i've got I've, I've got a great idea for the republicans okay next time presidential candidate <laughs> don't take this too lightly it'll work the Republicans should nominate the next time as their candidate for presidency, the pillow guy. <laughs> the my pillow guy? Think about it. The my pillow guy. This guy has all the qualifications. I mean, <laughs> he, he is a narcissistic histrionic personality. That's good. Obviously, very proud of himself. American but for some America. reason, he gets all this. He commands attention. He has a commanding appearance. Yeah. And I, I think about it. Uh, and also, I think he got a toe in politics. Didn't he come out and speak one time from the White House during one of these uh, virus yes. presidential press conferences? And all? Yep. So mm -hmm. I'm sure he's thought of that. It's a good point. It's a nice thing about the presidency. Every politician sees himself. The South Jersey, the, uh, the Cumberland County poultry inspector, I'm sure, sits in his office brushes a few feathers away <laughs> and dreams of himself sitting in the Oval Office. So <laughs> think, think about that. Yeah. You know, hey, there's, uh, so, there's so Doug, much going on here. So Doug much here on, the, Doug here on the uh, Facebook feed uh, had a comment. Doug wants to know where can he get look for a Christmas gift? Where can he get one of those grip hats? Why don't you have them for sale? Oh, no, no. I, at one time, uh, going back, I had this made for me by a friend. And it was made, it doesn't matter where it was made, made one of the malls, but they used to have T-shirt, and, and I've got some T-shirts that go with it, too. Uh, the grip hat became kind of uniform. I've got pictures, one of my favorite pictures I have is me sitting there at the microphone with my grip hat on, and here is Governor Corzine right next to me. And I got the T-shirt that says, get rid of incumbent comment, uh, uh, politicians. <laughs> right. And I hadn't thought about it. It's just what I wore to work that day. We were on TV at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and the governor, uh, I would say, just gracious enough that he, <laughs> he didn't mention it. But uh, that's, you know, that, that is the station historically going way back used to come out with things like that, promotional items that were available to people. But by the time we got into the grip concept and talking about that, which is get rid of incumbent politicians. And it's a serious notion. The idea is that go to the polls every chance, vote against the incumbent. You'll be in voting against some good people, but also some that aren't. You but it doesn't make any difference. You're sending a message. You're firing a shot over their bow. You're showing the flag. We are here. Yeah. And uh, we can do this to you anytime. Yeah. At first, when I first came up with the idea, there, was, uh, there were a couple of people, notably one uh, very prominent state senator who was scared because he figured, hey, God, that's a great idea. It'll work. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, but, but it turned out the politician has it over you because the politician is there as a profession. Right. You are not. I am not in politics as a profession. Yep. Your livelihood doesn't depend on holding a, an elected office. Yep. And so they will do anything to hang on to the office. I always likened it to having a tug of rope, one of these pull rope things with a, uh, a Rottweiler. You'll never win. The Rottweiler will hang on and pull until there's nothing left of him but bones. You're going to get bored and give up very quickly. And this is exactly what happened. The Hands Across New Jersey, all of these other groups just ended up. People, people had lives to live. Politician has a life to live, but it's all 
regaining office, is keeping that job. Yep. And well, that then would be another advantage of grip. Well, is, in, in place of uh, term limits, which we probably won't see anytime soon, grip is the next best thing. Just uh, kick them out on your own every every chance you get. Every chance you get, right? Every chance you get. I got one more thing. Man, I'm still trying to cram the 50 pounds into the 20 pound bag. Uh, hear this phrase again. I'm beginning to hear it more and more. We're all in this together, right? That seems to be almost an obligatory comment at the end. I was watching even the Weather Channel, and they had <laughs> little uplifting pieces on, and everybody then says, we're all in this together. No. Think about that. Don't buy that. And I'll tell you why. You know where that came from? No. You ever see Terry Gilliam's movie, Brazil? No. No. You got to watch Brazil. It's, it's yeah. great. There is a dysfunctional dystopia, just like we're about to get into right now. It could very well be what our government is going to be, our, we're going to be living under. It's sort of a semi-1984 thing. Anyway, you have to watch the movie Brazil. Yeah. That was sort of the slogan everybody had. It was almost on their flag. We're all in this together. Now, what it is, a dystopian tyranny there, and one of the characters, Robert De Niro, played the, uh, the head the revolutionary against that, but this, we're all in this together, was done, that was the slogan of the tyranny. Yeah. Because they had taken advantage of the fact that people like to be part of a community of something. You like to have be a part of something, which is one of the reasons we have this breakdown, this, this Vulcan, uh, balkanization, you know, of the, of the public by race. But uh, this gave them the feeling that they were part of something. Like Big Brother made you think that the ultimate tyrant was your family. <laughs> And you keep saying this stuff enough, but yeah. we're all in this together. Uh, obviously, we're not all in this together because the elite ain't in it together. No, we're not in this together. <laughs> and they're not about to get in it together with us. So, so well, be we, careful of that. We all share the joy of Christmas, so we're going to have to wrap things up here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we got one more show. We're going to wrap things up next week, uh, next Wednesday, December 30th, 1030 here on Facebook Live. We're going to talk about, um, you know, looking back at the year 2020 and looking ahead, maybe some resolutions from our audience. And, you know, until then, you know, Jim, happy birthday. Have enjoyed your Christmas. And, you yeah, know, I want to I want I just want to I want to say one more thing. I hope I can do this quickly. Try to remember one way to sort of take some of the pressure off this is remember and get into and take very seriously the original story, what, what this is about, what the holiday is based upon. Those who say, well, that's nothing but myth, that's okay, because it is a beautiful one. It's one of the greatest ones the world has ever had. And it really, if it's, if it's myth, if there's, there's some areas of it that may not be true in your view, if you believe it, wonderful, you're way ahead of the game. But even if you don't, it is the absolute owner's handbook on how to live your life. And so think about that. The original Christmas story, and may God be with you and put this in your heart. My advice, if you want to take some of the pressure off, love somebody. Yeah. I think the need to love is greater than the need to be loved. So love somebody. Absolutely. All right, Jim, Bye. love you. Merry Thank Christmas, everybody. Merry Thanks Christmas. for tuning in. And we'll in look spite of everything I said, Merry yeah. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.